Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Good morning. Good morning, my little laughing one. <laughs> well, we were just praying and he forgot two of our six children in the prayer. Well, I figured two thirds is pretty good. You know? <laughs> so we, we had to go back and <clears throat> pray for the two that you forgot. We yes. will leave them unnamed. Yes, yes. Well, I remember them thanks to my loving wife. Yes. Okay. Who was there by my side to always remind me of things I do wrong. So that's nice. <laughs> that is my role in life. Yes, yes. It's so sad. But uh, I told you you did such a good job yesterday singing. Yeah, thanks. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, you know, I, I, um, I did a lot of singing in high school, in choir, in, in grad school. So I, I love singing, um, and I've, it's something I've always, yes, always, always enjoyed. But I don't really have the time to do it here at this church because you know I'm kind of you know busy. On well, a it's kind morning. of funny that the last two Sundays in a row they've had you sing. Yeah, well, it just in, in both cases it's because of because uh, of an illness. Oh, okay. Um, and so the case with this this Sunday in the traditional service, uh-huh. the soloist who they had lined up had something come up and he he had to pull out. So they asked if I'd step in. I said, sure. Yeah, you did great. Thanks. Thanks. I mm-hmm. really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. It was at the very top of my range. <laughs> uh, uh, F sharp. That's as high as I can go. So, okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that it all worked out well. But uh, but that was a great piece, and I really enjoyed singing with the choir. And then the Sunday before that, you know, in the praise service, uh, again, you know, the vocalist there uh, was was sick that week on Friday, and so they asked me to step in and sing that one song. And it's fun. I love doing that kind of stuff. Good. Yeah. Well, that's very good. Well, thank you, love. Um, other than that, we've already had a busy morning. I had to take Matthew into the urgent because he mm-hmm. has strep. Yeah, yeah, we haven't had sickness bad. for quite a while. So. No, but it's kind of the year, and time of time of year, like you know, this you know, the changing of the seasons is always when the kids get sick. Yeah, so. I guess so. Yeah, but poor little guy. But I'm glad we took him in because strep throat is no fun. Yeah, that is no fun at all. Yes. So he's home with us today, um, and what else is going on? Not much. We don't have. Well, we had a very enjoyable uh, Halloween. A surprise. I mean, there there wasn't many kids who came by our house. Well, apparently you had to be sitting outside. We started that we started sitting outside, and we had a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was kind of cold, so we decided to just go inside and let them ring the doorbell. Well, then they didn't ring the doorbell, and I asked Matthew about it when he was out with his friends, and he's like, "Yeah, we only went to people that were outside." I'm like, "What?" Oh, I tell you what. I you know, know these kids are getting lazy. Uh, yeah. Not even ringing a doorbell. Yeah, so it's a it's a happy time of the year for Dad because you know there's all this extra candy laying around. Yes, I, there I really is. Feel it's my fatherly duty to make sure that the kids don't eat too much of it. I see. So I do what I can to call the herd. Okay. Yep. Well, it's going to take a while to do that. Yeah, there's probably 15 pounds of candy laying about. <laughs> so. They get tired of it after a while and it just lays around, and then I take it, and mm-hmm. then they blame next year. They say, "Where'd you put my candy? I bet mm-hmm. it's still around." Okay. Well, what are we doing? We are finally, finally, finally in the New Testament. Oh, so yes. this is uh, chapter 42 of Crossways. So 41 chapters behind us, 2,000 years of history. We've gone through all 39 books of the Old Testament, another 20-something extra books in the Apocrypha and the Pseudepigrapha. Oh, my and goodness. And then a couple chapters of history just to, to kind of fill in the gaps. <sighs> and so here we finally, finally are with uh, with the Gospels. And so... Crossways actually starts not with Matthew. You know, the New Testament starts Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. But Crossways starts with the Gospel of Mark, because many scholars think that Mark was probably 
the first of the Gospels to be written, the earliest Gospel. Yes, I was surprised that, that you don't mention that. You didn't mention that, but you just no, started with him. It's too was, much. There were so many other things I had to cover. I know, yeah. you went so quickly. But anyways, yeah, the theory is Mark was first, what they call him, Quell or something? Uh, well, there was Mark, and then there was the... Oh, the Q source was Q different. Q source, right. We don't. We're not getting into no, that. No, we're not getting into all that stuff. No, but no. you and I used to edit a um, newspaper yep. when we went called to Yale. Yep. Yes, we were the newspaper editors, and it was called the Q Source yep. on our old old computers. How did we even do that? People gave us stuff to put in there. I don't even remember what we did. Yeah, yeah, they, they give us stuff to do, and we we would uh, format it and print it up and <laughs> leave it. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of our many jobs. Yeah. We had so many jobs in grad yeah. school. Okay, sorry. Anyways, Mark is first. Yeah, and so Mark begins like this. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so Mark tells us right off the bat uh, who this is and what's going on. So it's the beginning of the gospel or the good news. Mm -hmm. The good news of Jesus, who is the Christ, that is the Messiah, the anointed one, the one whom we have been expecting for the last 1,000 years. You know, God promised that yeah. One of David's sons would inherit a kingdom that would last forever. And the good news is he is here. On top of that, the good news of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, that he's not just the Messiah. He's also God himself in the flesh. Uh, and so Mark just, boom, you know, he wastes absolutely no time. He just starts, you know, like a, a sprinter coming out of the gates. Right. His and, key word is immediately. And that's very, very typical for Mark. Yeah. Uh, he's very, he's... He's the shortest of the Gospels at only 15, uh, 16 chapters. It's about half the length of the rest of them. Uh, so he's the shortest of the Gospels, and he is uh, the by far the most urgent. And so mm -hmm. as you said, his favorite word is the word immediately, mm -hmm. which appears I don't know how many times. Yes. Um, he often will, will link one sentence to another with the word and. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, so Jesus did this, and he did that, and mm -hmm. he did this, and mm -hmm. he did that. It just goes boom, 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 boom. Uh, and so Mark to me is very exciting. Uh, yes. I think of him as like the, the ESPN highlight role. You know, you can either sit down and watch a three-hour football game or you can watch the 45-second highlights. And Mark's kind of like the highlights. He's like, okay, here's the big play and the next big play, the next big play, next game, you know, so boom, boom, boom. Okay, speaking of that, perfect. sorry, yep. we, I keep interrupting, but we do have to say that Army beat Air Force this That's weekend. That's true, they sorry, did beat sorry, Air Force. Sorry. That was awesome. That was yeah. such a huge game, yeah. Air Force has been undefeated all year and Army has not had the best season. And they beat them soundly on Saturday. They did, 23 to 3. It mm -hmm. was kind of a surprise to everybody. Everybody was and so then, excited, um, Sam said. Yep, and Sam plays his Army-Navy game is this Friday. Yes, again, Sam's on prep, remember. Right. He was yeah. not playing against Air Force this weekend. One day he will. Right. Okay, and sorry, so had then, to do that. Immediately, immediately, boom, immediately, boom, right. boom. Okay. So I, I'm now, <laughs> now I got you totally okay. messed up. So I wanted to, to highlight three things about Mark. One is this sense of urgency. Uh, that Mark is, Mark just, I mean, he, he doesn't stop. He yep. just keeps on going. Uh, the sense of urgency. The second is uh, a recapitulation. Okay. That in Mark, the way Mark tells the story, Jesus recapitulates or rehearses or relives uh, the history of God's people uh, in himself. Uh, and then the third is this idea of the messianic secret. Okay. So we've already spoken a little bit about the urgency. urgency. We'll keep coming back to that. Yep. So immediately Jesus appears, uh, you know, there's the voice of one in the desert, John the Baptist, prepare the way of the Lord. And next thing you know, here we are in, um, uh, in verse, in the verse nine. And so in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the river Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn open and the Holy Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Okay. And so we hear, we have Jesus here. Uh, who is uh, recapitulating or reliving the history of, of the people of Israel. 
Uh, John's is a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus has no sins he needs to repent of. Right. No sins he needs to be forgiven for. But Jesus is baptized uh, to identify himself with God's people. And John is on the far side of the Jordan River, uh, and he's leading his people. Uh, John is on the far side of the, the Jordan River, mm-hmm. and Jesus appears on the far side of the Jordan River. He's baptized by John in the Jordan River about the place where Joshua led the people through the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. Okay. And so just as God's people started outside the Promised Land, so too Jesus uh, is, is about to cross over from the Promise, uh, from through the Jordan River into the Promised yes. Land. So he's kind of rehearsing what's right. going on. So he's like in Jordan or something. Yeah, so he's in the modern-day country of Jordan. Right. right. It was, okay, got it. Um, and then you know the, he's baptized in the Jordan River. Yep. And then just as Joshua led the people into the Promised yes. Land, it's about the same place where Jesus is baptized. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. So and Ruth, you know, Ruth left the Promised Land. No, not Ruth. Naomi mm-hmm. and Ruth. Or no, Naomi left the Promised Land, mm-hmm. went into the wilderness, exactly where we're talking about. Well, she went further to the Moabites and then had to come back. Yeah, yes. that's a good point. The Bible all interprets itself, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the next, uh, immediately the very next thing that happens, as he says, all right, uh, immediately after that, he was, uh, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and the angels ministered to him. That's okay. all two verses wow. in, uh, in Mark. Uh, now again, here's another example of that urgency, right? You know, in, in Matthew and in Luke, they really take the time to tell us the story. You yeah. know, there's three temptations. Uh, the temptation to turn stones into bread, um, you know, to cast yourself down from the peak, to fall down and worship me and I'll give you everything you ever want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, you know, Mark just says, nope, he was tempted by Satan. And then boom, moves on to the next thing. And so that's, that's very, very typical of Mark. But again, here we have Jesus reliving the people of the history, uh, reliving the history of God's people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that God's people were in the wilderness for forty years, um, and they uh, they fell to temptation time and time and time again. You know, they always wanted to go back. They wanted to uh, overthrow Moses and Aaron, and they wanted to go back to the land of Egypt. And so, they had to wander in the desert for forty years to learn to trust God. Jesus is in the wilderness for forty days, and he trusts God completely. Uh, and so he's, um, and as a result, the angels come and minister to him, and the wild animals were with him. And this mm. is a little glimpse of what the kingdom of God looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, the prophet Isaiah talks about how in the kingdom of God, the, the wolf will lie down with the lamb, and the, and the, um, the leopard will eat straw uh, like the ox. Mm-hmm. You know, so this, this kingdom where, where all animals are at peace. And then Jesus begins, and he says, The time is near, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, believe the good news. So the kingdom of God has broken into earth in Jesus Christ. And people are told to change the way that they leave to live, repent, mm-hmm. and then believe the good news that in Jesus the kingdom is here. And then so from there we go into the question, well, who is this king? Uh, so one of the next things that happens is that story of the paralytic man. You know, the four mm-hmm. friends uh, lay down, uh, the four friends um, bust through the, the roof and they let their friend down on a mat. And Jesus looking at him says, take heart, sons, your sins are forgiven. The scribes and Pharisees say, who does this guy think he is? Right. Which becomes a motif in the Gospel of Mark. Who is this? You know, Who is this person? Right. Who does this guy think he is? Because who can forgive sins but God alone? And you know, they're absolutely right. I mean, nobody on earth has authority to forgive sins except God. But Jesus takes that authority to himself, claims that authority, and to prove that he has it, he then performs the miracle. But so that you may know. The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, rise, take up your mat, and walk. 
and the man rose, took up his mat, and walked, which proved that Jesus right. has the authority to do what he says. And so the people are astonished. They're saying, what is this? Who is this? A new teaching with authority. You know, never seen anything like this. So people are amazed. So too, when Jesus uh, casts out demons, oftentimes the demons will say, we know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. And Jesus will immediately shush them and say, hush. Right. You know, shut your trap. You know, don't tell anyone who I am. He doesn't say shut your trap. No, but that's, that's, that's one of the, the minor translations. Well, that's not right. Yeah, yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, but anyways, no, the point being that people are confused by who he is. Mm-hmm. He's claiming to be the son of man, the son of God. And he's also exacerbating this confusion because he's at this point saying that this needs to be kept under wraps. Right. That is what you're talking about—the messianic secret. Exactly, and so that's it's very—it's one of the major motifs in Mark. The messianic secret is who is this person? We, as the reader, know who he is because Mark told us in chapter one, verse one, he's mm-hmm. the Messiah, the Son mm-hmm. of God. Uh, the, the the evil spirits know who he is because every time they see him, they cry out, "You mm-hmm. are the Holy One of God." Uh, but the people in the the lesson are confused. Who is this guy? And right. it's only as the lesson goes through that it becomes clear who Jesus is. Right. So that's one of the driving uh, motifs in Mark. Right. But what you're saying, Jesus didn't want it let out at this point yet. Not at this point. Not no. at this point. He was telling them, don't say anything. Yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, a good example might be the paparazzi. I mean, if uh, you know, think about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if you, I mean, imagine trying to go out on a date those two, because any place they go, there's going to be sworn by hundreds of, you know, photographers. Right. It's That's true of them a, separately too, I think, but yes. But especially with yes. them together, right? Right. Uh, it's, it's kind of a similar thing that if people hear that Jesus is the Messiah, gotcha. there's going to be so many who show up that he's not able to do anything, which is exactly what will happen later okay. on in the gospel. Okay. So he's trying to kind of keep things under wrap. So another case of this, uh, on two consecutive Sundays, you know, one uh, one Sabbath day, Jesus is walking through the fields. Um, his disciples pluck grain, yes. uh, pluck heads of grain, not mm-hmm. using a knife just with their fingers. They pluck heads of grain, roll it in their palms, and they start eating the grain. And the Pharisees say, whoa, that's not lawful to do. Um, and Jesus, uh, which, by the way, is this dispute between, you know, the oral law and the, and the written law. Right. What truly is lawful right. and what is unlawful. Uh, but what's interesting is Jesus' response. He says, and so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Son of Man is how Jesus refers to himself mm-hmm. using the title from, from Daniel. Uh, and again, it's another claim. You know, hey, remember that guy that Daniel was talking about? You know, the one through whom God would bring in the kingdom? Well, that's me, mm-hmm. you know, the Son of Man. Uh, and then Jesus, on, on top of that, says that the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And again, who is Lord of the Sabbath? But the Lord God of Israel. Yeah. You know, that the Sabbath is holy to the Lord. Uh, and so Jesus is claiming to be him, claiming to be God. It's another one of those examples that leaves people kind of scratching their heads saying, who does this guy think he is? Exactly. And I'll keep on moving. Uh, yet another one, uh, a little bit later in the Gospel of Matthew. I think this is in chapter 5 or 6, as I remember. There's the famous story of Jesus uh, calming the storm at sea. So, you know, they go across the Sea of Galilee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he falls asleep because he's had a long, hard day. He falls asleep. A storm kicks up. The disciples wake him up and they say, help us, we're perishing. Jesus gets up and he speaks to the storm and he says, shut your trap. No, he no, doesn't. No, okay. He says, quiet, be, peace, be still. Much better. Uh, and immediately the, the storm is calmed. By the way, the chosen is a wonderful mm-hmm. example of that. That was yeah. very, very well done. Yeah. Uh, and and so that leaving the disciples to say, well, who is this? You know, who is this who 
who can even calm the winds and the waves. And again, who could it possibly be? But the Lord God Almighty, he who made the winds and the waves, uh, the creator who has power over his creation. Mm -hmm. Who else could it be um, but him? Uh, and then a final example of this uh, this idea of, uh, you know, who is this this person? It's one of these cases where Jesus is, after calling the apostles, and it's, it's fascinating how he calls them. You know, Jesus just simply shows up and says, mm -hmm. follow me. Yep. And they follow him. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no little backstory. You know, Luke tells us the backstory about how, you know, Peter is out there fishing all night and he couldn't catch anything. And Jesus says, go out. And Peter's like, who's this guy? Mm -hmm. But I'll go out anyway, mm -hmm. you know. But no, it's, it, with Mark, he just shows up, says, follow me. Peter follows him. Okay. That's very, very typical of Mark. Um, which, by the way, also reminds us of, uh, of Abraham. You know, that's how God chose Abraham. Uh, we don't know why it right. was Abraham as opposed to somebody else. But all we know is that for whatever reason, uh, God chose this man, Abraham, and said, go, you know, to the country that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation. And so Abraham went. He was chosen by God and followed God in the same way Jesus chooses the apostles. Mm -hmm. So anyways, uh, he's, uh, after choosing one of them named Matthew Levi, who's a tax collector, mm -hmm. uh, hated by the people because he was you know, a tax collector. So he was working for the bad guys, working for the Romans. Uh, and there's this dispute about, you know, hey, why don't, you, uh, why don't your disciples wash their hands? Again, this idea of, you know, what it means to be clean or unclean. And Jesus goes in there to say, well, you know, there's nothing outside of a person that by going into him can make him unclean because it goes into his stomach and then through there, you know, mm -hmm. it goes out. Mm -hmm. And then there's this little parenthetical comment. And so he declared all foods clean. clean. Well, again, who is Jesus to declare all foods clean? Mm -hmm. I mean, because there are chapters in the book yes. of Leviticus about what foods you can and cannot eat, what foods are clean and what foods are unclean. Right. God gave those. So who is Jesus to simply set them aside like that? Yeah. And it raises this question, who is this man? Mm -hmm. uh, and that sets us up for uh, for the second half of the Gospel of Mark. So that's really Mark chapters 1 through 8. Mm -hmm. That's what we did on Wednesday. That's what we did on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, in the second half of the Gospel of Mark, we, we really begin with this question where Jesus takes the same question to his uh, apostles. All right. His disciples. Who do mm -hmm. people say that the Son of Man is? Mm -hmm. uh, and then that's a turning point in the Gospel okay. of Mark. Well, we'll, from there, we'll turn around and gallop all the way straight to the cross. Okay, so this week they should read. Well, you got a choice. You could either read, you know, uh, Mark chapters eight through sixteen. Okay. <laughs> or you could read, uh, if you got the Crossways book, you could read through uh, chapter forty-three. My thought is, I um, I didn't assign any reading because I had to go rehearse. Yes, you busted um, out so busted fast. Busted out there quick. But also, my, you know, there's just so much reading to do. I figured people know the story of Jesus very well. Yeah. But if you'd like to prepare them, by all means, you know, uh, kind of... Do both. Uh, do both or skim through mm -hmm. Mark 9 through 16. Mm-hmm. Kind of remind yourself what's in there. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, we you. got through it quickly, but we were trying to be like Mark and do it quickly. Quickly and urgently. Quickly and urgently. Mm -hmm. Okay. And plus, we're running late today, so... Yeah. We need to keep a move on it. Okay. Well, that was the beginning of Mark. Next week, we'll do the second half of Mark. And then does he go, does it go then to the synopsis? What does he do after Mark in so, Crossways? Uh, and so he goes uh, Mark, Matthew, Luke, John. Got it. Acts of the Apostles. Yep. But we're going to take a little break. So we're going to go all the way through Mark, halfway through Matthew, and then we'll take a break with Crossways for the holiday season. Oh, okay, good. I'm taking a break with my Wednesday class too. So it's going to be just break central around here. Yep. Wow. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, we will talk to you next week. See you next week.